You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. The first fear that comes to mind was um, the fear at 53 years old that I was going to be alone for the rest of my adult life and that I would never uh, have a romantic relationship ever again. That was a strong fear of mine. And I am from a large family. I like being around people. I tend to like to be around people. And so that was a gripping fear that I had that I would be alone until I died. Voices of Celebration. This series is designed to inspire and encourage you as we share real-life experiences of former Journey Beyond Divorce clients who invested in their personal growth through divorce and emerged a better version of themselves with a more rewarding post-divorce life. Welcome back to another episode of Voices of Celebration. Today I have with me a dear friend, Anne Margaret. Welcome, Anne Margaret. Thank you, Karen. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for um, your willingness to share your story. Yes, I'm happy and I hope that it helps others. <laughs> so I, I love to start with just a little context for our listeners. Can you share a little bit about what uh, led you down the path of divorce? I got married in, in 2001 to a man that I had a lot in common with, and we enjoyed each other's company. We made a lot of shifts and pivots during our time together, both career-wise, as well as the location of where we were living. And as time went on, so in total, we were married for 19 years. And probably about 10 years into it, I started to notice a pattern of behavior in which we started to act very independently of one another. And we tried 
to reconcile that and to work towards a common goal. But as time went on, it just became really apparent that this pattern of acting independently was really starting to harm who I was as a person. And my inner core was just really, it just was really shattered. And so it was a bit, for me, it was a very long process um, exacerbated by my Catholic faith and my, also my resilience towards not wanting to give up. Right. But it just reached a point of no return where there was really no other choice but to pursue divorce and to take that step. And I love the two things that you mentioned because we hear them so often that one's faith or cultural or religious beliefs can be a real obstacle or difficulty in making the decision and that our resiliency, which serves us so well in so many ways, can also create friction and difficulty in making that very big and difficult decision to divorce. Yes. And it it was only really recently, actually, that I heard someone speaking about this because when someone is faith-filled, we use the word truth a lot and hope for the truth. And as it related to my marriage, that to me said hope for the truth that this marriage is God's intention and that this is its truthful state. But in reality, what I was hoping for was never in my marriage was never going to be the truth because it was never going to be what I idealized it to be. So it was like I was hoping and holding on and being resilient towards untruth. And for some reason that really resonated with me to say, wait a minute, I was being really resilient, but I was holding on to the wrong thing that was never actually going to be. And so that was, I guess, reassurance to me that this was in fact my journey. Right. And, and you actually, you have two children? I have two children. I have a daughter and I have a son. And they're, do I remember correctly, in their 20s? My daughter is completing her freshman year of college. She's 18. Okay. And my son is a junior in high school. He's 17. Okay. 17 so, she's, so she went away post-divorce to the East Coast. And, he's, and my son is splitting his time between his dad's house and mine. So how long have you been divorced for now? So I've been divorced for not quite two years. Listeners may find humor in this, but over two years ago, my now ex-husband and I sat down at the kitchen table. So in early 2020, and we made a joint decision that this was going to be our path that we would divorce. And then in February of 2020, we sat down again And we made the decision to wait to tell our children until May of that year, because our daughter was completing her junior year of high school and was doing so well academically. We did not want to risk her grades by shattering this news. And so then sure enough, in March of 2020, the pandemic hit in full force. And so we lived in a single home (laughs) as a family of four with my now ex-husband and I carrying this secret of 
awaiting news of our divorce. So it was a really memorable time for sure. And we did wind up telling them in June of that year. So we did reasonably well. We coexisted peacefully, but it was a really, it's a period of time that I will never, ever forget. Yeah. (laughs) The pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And living Living with someone that you knew you weren't going to be living with for much longer. (laughs) And carrying a secret for good reason and protection of your kids. But that too just must have added yet another element of difficulty. Absolutely did. It was unbelievable, really. Divorce is like a foreign land filled with unfamiliar rules and jargon and pressure to make complex decisions that will impact the rest of your life. Don't go it alone. Go to rapidreliefcall.com and get the support and guidance you need. out for some support. What I love sharing in these talks with our listeners is what your greatest fears were and what your greatest growth was through the divorce and through the process of coaching. And so there's probably a lot of different topics we can talk about, Anne Margaret. Why don't you just share maybe your top one to three greatest fears or concerns that you went into the divorce process with? The first fear that comes to mind was the fear at 53 years old that I was going to be alone for the rest of my adult life and that I would never have a romantic relationship ever again. That was a strong fear of mine. And I am from a large family. I like being around people. I tend to like to be around people. And so that was a gripping fear that I had that I would be alone until I died. Another fear had to do with my children and the permanent impact it would have on them and the loss of what I consider to be a traditional family structure. Yes. I was very fearful for how all of that would shake out. So those, I think, were my two main. And then I guess, lastly, I was fearful of my faith life and being a divorced Catholic and the perception or the way in which people would view me as that status. Yeah. Yeah. And all of those are, they're very uh, normal and understandable. And let's take your faith because I know you're such a deep Catholic and you've got a wide community and deep roots in the community. If the fear was that you would either be scorned or shamed or somehow labeled, what was the reality? The reality is that the members of the Catholic Church that I know, my friends in the church have been incredibly loving and compassionate and caring and supportive. And so it really has turned out to be the opposite of my fear. It just was an irrational fear that I had. But the reality is that it's a place that I can go and I feel just inherently very supported and loved even, and I notice it even more so than maybe when I was still married 
and hiding the secrets of the problems in our marriage. So it actually has turned out to be quite the opposite, which has been such a relief for me. And um, the response by my faith-filled mother, for instance, was such a relief as well, because she was so supportive of the discernment that I had made. And so really, it's been a really, I get a little emotional just thinking about it, but it's been a really encouraging stretch for me in that regard. You know, the question that comes to mind as you're speaking is, it sounds to me that in making the decision, you also stepped more deeply into a more authentic version of yourself when you talk about the secrets of the marriage. And so am I hearing that right? And can you speak a little bit about that? Yes. I'm glad that you used that word because I forgot until I was reflecting upon it. But so each year I try to gravitate towards one or two words that are my focus point for the year. A lot of people do this. And in the year 2020, my words that were very crystal clear to me were the words authenticity and truth. And that I was seeking authenticity and truth in every aspect of my life. And it started with having an authentic conversation with my now ex-husband. It then manifested to telling the children that our marriage was not going to last. And then it was telling the community that I was getting a divorce. And so I know this sounds crazy, but I felt euphoric. Once I started sharing truth and being authentic as to what my path was going to be, it was like weight, massive weight was lifted off my shoulders in this incredible way that I would have had no way of anticipating. And that has continued. And it has been a guiding light for me in terms of other situations, job-wise, friendship-wise, relationship-wise. It's really, it has spanned every aspect of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love how you explain that. I love that you pick words and to find your authentic self and live in it. Well, first of all, as believers, right? It's like, that's, we're supposed to, we're supposed to stand in who we were created to be. And yet we put on all of these masks and a mental health expert had explained to me that the space between who I authentically am and all of the masks that I put on is where anxiety lives. And that weight that you're talking about makes so much sense because here we are trying to be some version of ourself that isn't ourself often for the job, the husband, the church, the kids, the whoever. And when you're just being you, it's so freeing and liberating, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So another thought came to mind, Karen, and that is that it's been a good lesson as it relates to authenticity to remind myself that I have the, I had this really hard-nosed impression that the only right path was as a Catholic woman who got married and stayed in that marriage until I died. And that was not my authentic path. And so breaking down that preconceived notion that I was being super stubborn about to say, you know what, this is just, this is a different 
it's a different path and it's the right path for me. And this is the journey that God has laid out for me. And that has been freeing to, to relinquish a stubborn notion that I had about only one way forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And we talked about this offline a little bit. The ripple effect of making those decisions often will impact other parts of our life. And you were sharing how you've made another rather large transition post-divorce. Can you just share a little bit about that? Yes. As we were going through the process of the divorce, my work situation was deteriorating and there was a level of confrontation developing in my workplace. And once I got the legal piece of the divorce behind me and got accustomed to the new living arrangement with the kids going back in between households, I then very intentionally realized that the next thing that needed to change was my work because I was not at all. It was actually bringing out a terrible side of me. It it was just a really toxic situation. And so I made movement towards finding a new career or not. It's not even a new career, but just a new workplace. And so about a year after the divorce was final, I actually made a, a switch of employment and it's been again, another huge step forward, yeah. huge positive step. Super you know, important. I, I think it's so interesting because we're relational people We're we're created to be in relationship. And so um, hearing between the lines that it wasn't necessarily the tasks and job description that was the problem, but that there was a relationship that once you found your authentic self in divorcing, that whatever relationships you were in, in your workplace, no longer fit your new authentic self. Am I hearing that right? You are absolutely hearing that right. That is right. The pattern that you helped me identify was one of being an enabler and quashing my own sentiment towards things. And that is something that I'm deeply aware of now. And I don't withstand anymore. I don't tolerate it. And so it was super, super important to find the next cultural situation in which there is mutual respect. Mm. That's key to me is mutual respect. Yeah. And that's what you have now. Yes, absolutely have that now. Well, congratulations. That sounds awesome. Yeah. 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 It's been an amazing, I, I just, between those two things, I feel like I've regained life so significantly. These are big, old things. I am the breadwinner of the family. And so they're scary. But again, I just I'm so grateful for my faith life because I know that these are this is part of God's plan and brings me peace and joy. Have you lost yourself in your marriage, fallen into self-doubt? insecure and uncertain of your own viewpoints. If you've disappeared behind the shadow of your partner's personality, 
The Reclaim Your Mind free mini course will help you understand how you got here and the exact steps needed to regain control of your life. Go to jbddivorcesupport.com backslash reclaim your mind and get started today. Here, your kids, right? If it's mid 2022 right now, so your kids were really in the thick of teenagehood when you were making this decision and everyone was living under one roof together. Can you share a little bit about your concerns uh, for them and how things have panned out, at least to this point? Yes. So, the concern was what sort of permanent impact will this have on their life? I'm fully aware that their the, the decision to divorce automatically uh, created a family structure that was very different than the one I grew up in. I have four siblings. My parents were married for 52 years before my father passed away. And so I knew that I was creating, that we were creating a different family structure. And I worried about the emotional impact that would have on them. The reality is that we've had, particularly my daughter and I have had some conversations about it. And she at least expressed to me that ultimately she knew in her heart of hearts that her dad and I had grown apart. And so ultimately it did not come as a surprise to her. And I think both of my children have assessed that they wish for their parents to each be happy. And so I am very lucky in that I have a very amicable situation with my ex-husband. And so there isn't a lot of anger or tension and we can be around one another. And we have had celebratory moments, the four of us, a high school graduation and sports related things. Though I was deeply concerned, I think that they've demonstrated resiliency towards this change. And in their heart of hearts, I am sure knows that this is uh, a path for their dad and I to each be happier and more content versions of ourselves. Right. I'm glad you brought up that yours was a more amicable divorce. We certainly have a lot of people listening who are in the high conflict space, and it's much more difficult for the individuals divorcing and for the children. And still yet, I just want to say that with one parent keeping their eye on what's best for the kids, it can have such a positive impact. The other thing that I just want to speak to is we think our kids don't know. And yet for me, one of the most powerful things is whatever my intimate relationship, my marriage looks like, that's what I'm training my kids to believe that healthy love and marriage is meant to be. So if it's all that they know, it's what they're going to know. And so often people are afraid to divorce because they're going to hurt the kids. And when you can say, 
am I showing them a representation that's going to serve them as they go out into the world and find intimate love? And if I'm not, can we either mend or do we need to end? And so I think that's such a key part of it. Oh my gosh, Karen, that's absolutely right. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because that did weigh in as I approached the discernment of the divorce that this absolutely was, I had to ask myself, is this what I would like for either of my children? Is this what I would like? And the answer was absolutely not. And so that was also so reinforcing in terms of that ultimate scary decision that, that we made. Yes, absolutely. I was thinking too, as you were talking about people in high conflict situations that one of the one of the things that i enjoyed most in my work with you was my request to explore what my part in the divorce was and i was very interested in doing that work so that i would not repeat those mistakes again in any future romantic relationships or frankly in friendships or any other sort of relationships. And I think that most especially people who are in high conflict situations, you know, probably can assess that they have little control over the behavior of their ex-spouse, but they do have full control over their assessing their behavior and their contribution to the situation. And by making themselves aware of what their role was, they can alter their own behaviors and patterns going forward. So that was super, super, super helpful exercise that you helped me with. Yeah. And I think that divorce, there's so much about divorce that's outside of our control, the timing, the finances, everyone's reaction. And one of the things that we really invite people in is you have full agency over yourself and you can feel so incredibly empowered when you focus on something where you have agency and that is you and you alone. And whether you have a lot of work to do or just some fine tuning and healing to do, it's a place where we get to stand so solidly in who we are, who we want to be and how we want to get there. And that's some of the work that me and my team just love doing with our clients. Absolutely. Yes. Because it's so, it's much easier to just sit and point fingers and blame the whole situation on the other person. It's more difficult to say there were two of us in the situation. I was 50% of that. What was my part? That leads into my authenticity and truth. And just being mindful of that has helped me every day since, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes courage. It is the courageous who roll their sleeves up, look in the mirror and say, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to look at my shortcomings, my my wounds, my flaws, and really use the pain of divorce to fuel a better version of myself. Absolutely. Yes. Better version of myself. And at this point in time, I can literally recognize when I'm repeating a a behavior and I can shift and pivot quickly. And so it's been so helpful. It's not easy, but it's been so helpful uh, to be able to do that. 
Yeah. I love that. And it's like anything. If you practice the piano every day, you start playing the piano really well. You start practicing this kind of work and the tools and using the tools in your toolbox. And we're all human. We're all going to have our moments of reactivity, of showing up as a version of ourselves that we're like, yeah, no, I didn't like that very much. It's when you do this work and you are consistent, you can pivot quickly. And it's a blip instead of a day, a week, a month of torture. Exactly. Or years. <laughs> yeah, or years. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the first thing you said about being alone for forever. But before we get to that, just since we're talking about the coaching, is there anything else you would like to share with the audience about the impact that engaging in some coaching had on your journey? Karen, the best way that I can share my view of the coaching And I have had the opportunity to tell as many divorced individuals as I can about this. But my best description is that the coaching has allowed me to move forward far more quickly than I otherwise would have been able to move forward had I not done the coaching. So the question I ask divorced people or the challenge, because I have shared my my time with you with other people. And so my question is always, why would you try to navigate this transition in your life on your own and drag it out when instead you can use coaching and get to the, as I call it, the other side much more quickly and much in a much more healthy way? So that is my authentic and true statement about coaching. I cannot speak much more highly about the impact that it had. And I hope that everyone listening or anyone that's contemplating it takes my comments seriously because I just, to me, it doesn't make sense to resist it. It just really moved me to the other side so much more quickly. And so I hope something that sticks with some folks to say, yes, I want to be on the other side quickly. (laughs) I don't want to do it alone. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much for that. And we all feel like we get to pinch ourselves every day, supporting men and women to make that transition a little bit smoother, a little bit more effectively and healthily, as you say. So as we wrap up, I always chuckle at our very first conversation because (laughs) you were so certain you weren't just afraid. I think that you were certain that you were going to be alone for the rest of your life. And I remember it being such a powerful knowing on your part. And I think I had asked you if you like had some kind of a fatal illness, if there's only a certain amount of life left and you were like, no, but I'm absolutely going to be alone. And like you were old and crusty and there was nobody who would be interested in you and you were like 90 years old or something not that a 90 year old can't fall in love can you just share a little bit with the audience how that fear unfolded and how reality unfolded out of that fear (laughs) okay so reality did not turn out that way (laughs) and actually what happened is sadly about six weeks after my divorce was final one of my best friends from college lost her sister to cancer. And her sister was, I think, 56 years old. 
And that news rattled me. And I thought to myself, life is short. What am I doing? And so I hopped on a few dating sites <laughs> and wound up connecting with someone right away and dated him for about a year. And we ended it, but it was great to be in a romantic relationship and to practice some of my newfound skills and to experiment with closeness in a different way than my marriage. So my aloneness was very short-lived. And I have since gone on to start dating someone new and again, go into it as my very authentic self and eyes wide open and enjoy it for what it is. So I guess all of that is to say that my very strong sense was wrong and there are no absolutes. And the other thing that you reminded me of was I had this fixation on permanency when I needed to be more focused on temporary circumstances. So, or transitional or just being a little more gray rather than so black and white, I guess yeah. is the best way to say it. So. Yeah. And I think that I have a question for you. I have found with so many of my clients that even when you meet someone and, and of course it's especially after a marriage that's been maybe stale and failing for a while, there's just, you, you feel like a teenager again, and there's this excitement and this joy and this love and this passion on top of that, however, if you've done the work, you're typically seeing a healthier version of relationship in the relationship that you step into. So the partner that you pick may still be temporary and will certainly have faults because we all do, but will be heading very much in the right direction in terms of what you're looking for and desiring in your life. Would you care to comment on that? I absolutely agree. I personally was really mindful of the behaviors that I exhibited during my marriage. And I made sure not to try to duplicate that in a new relationship. And the other thing that evolved over time was honestly developing a set of, so I don't want to say requirements, but a set of attributes in a person that I believe most closely matches what I'm seeking and then not settling. So trying to pivot towards those attributes that to me represent the ideal relationship for me. So I think this experience has caused me to be honestly, to become more particular and discerning about the right relationship. Which is, it's so important, right? We, we're very careful about the job that we pick and the home that we purchase. And so when it comes to partners, especially once one knows themselves better and feels like they've stepped into their authentic self, it's so vital that we're clear on what it is that we want to create in that next relationship. That is exactly right. And I have to say, it took me a long time. I'm almost 55 years old, it took me this long to realize that's an important process to take. But I'm glad that I've 
recognized it and I'm making use of that practice. So I guess it's never too late. Exactly. And Margaret, before we wrap up, do you have any last words of wisdom or encouragement that you would like to share with our audience who are people who are just considering divorce straight through to the post-divorce individuals? If I had to give some wisdom, I would say, don't keep your situation to yourselves. Find a close set of centers of influence to start sharing your circumstance with. In my case, a priest, siblings, my sister called herself my lifeline through the process. She answered my call day or night. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't try to hide anymore. Find people to confide in and trust your gut because For me, it took a long time, but it became super crystal clear that this was the right step. And so trusting your gut and then just knowing that the other side is, it's a difficult, super difficult process, very emotionally painful, but the other side is worth it, is totally worth it. I think those are the things that come to mind. Yeah. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. Beautifully said. Congratulations on just an incredible journey and courage and growth that you experienced through this. It's been an honor working with you. And I am so grateful that you came on to speak with our listeners. So thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for everything you're doing. I really am so grateful for all of the help that you've given to me. Truly. Thank you. My pleasure. Joe and their spouse always seemed to be fighting, but nothing was ever resolved. Their spouse would constantly blame them, unwilling to take any responsibility. Joe lived in the tension of walking on eggshells, doubting themselves, and over time, they became unhinged, angry, and triggered, struggling further with shame and self-condemnation. Their reactivity was used as proof that they were the problem. If you're in a relationship or marriage filled with conflict and blame, and you're wondering, is this normal or could it be toxic? Take the quiz and find out how toxic your relationship is. Go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash toxic quiz and find out today. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.